Like some of the OTV talent are like, when they're introducing me to people, they're like, um, creative director? Well, we would shoot like undercover in these kind of like, essentially oh, brothel. That's risky business, man. If they needed something really creative or kind of like out there, mm -hmm. they'd go to me for it. I actually, to this day, think that Mr. Beast did it as like a elaborate prank. What's up everyone? And welcome back to another episode of Glad I Asked, where I have the pleasure of exploring the minds of other curious creatives. And we talk about many things, including how they're creating a life they're excited to be living. I'm Sydney Goodman and our guest today is Broden Plett. Maybe you know him from his work with Offline TV, where he's their creative director, or perhaps you're a fan of his on social media, or maybe you're just one of hundreds of thousands of monthly listeners of his music project, Temp Love. In our conversation today, we talk about finding your career path and how oftentimes it finds you, how saying yes to opportunities and putting one foot in front of the other eventually can land you in a position where you're orchestrating a goodbye video for Pokimane. Enjoy this conversation with Broden Plett. Hello. How's it going? Thanks for being here. Great. Glad to be here. Um, okay. So let's start with how would you describe what you do? The hardest question first. Huh? Yeah. We're starting. I figured it'll get easier. It'll only get yeah. easier after that. Um, trying to think of all the hats I wear. Um, okay. I, in a general sense, okay. I would say I am a like director, creative director. Okay. Um, How do you define creative director? And I ask that because I think every creative director defines creative directing differently. I purposely use that term because it's very ambiguous mm -hmm. and can go so many different ways. Yeah. When I um, went to BuzzFeed, that's what I'd tell people I was because I didn't want to explain <laughs> what my job was. That's what like um, like some of the OTV talent are like when they're introducing me to people, mm -hmm. they're like, um, creative director? Yeah. And they're just like blanket term. Like they're not even sure what it means. Yeah. Um, if I wanted to like get into the nitty gritty, like for offline TV, that means like I'm the showrunner of their channel mm -hmm. for when I'm working with um, like other people. It's almost more of like a consultant. Um, I might be like in charge of a visual look, um, kind of story through lines. Yeah. Um, yeah. At OTV, we've kind of come to think of like anything video is my domain. Mm -hmm. um, which is again yeah like offline is like um a big part of what i'm doing right now and that's like yeah show running kind of producing um if there's any big like tentpole projects we have mm -hmm. making sure that sees through to the finish line um i'm not really describing creative directing but that is how I use the term. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Um, but okay, so creative director. For people who don't know, though, like, how would you describe show running? Show running is like, um, okay, in like traditional sense, let's say, uh, I'll pick like a reality show because mm -hmm. that's more close to like what offline yeah. stuff is. Um, let's say like, uh, I don't watch this show, but like Real, Real Housewives of like anywhere. Um, the showrunner is like, uh may have come up with the concept mm -hmm. may have gotten it from a producer but like they uh are basically given the concept of like this is the show this is the idea of what it is um can you see it through and like they'll work with producers to make sure like all of the like levers are pulled and like um talent gear all that stuff is is there but it's like their vision that they are pushing across where mm -hmm. everyone is like cool i'm on board let's see this through yeah um 
it's easier. I come more from like a narrative background, so I actually don't really know the reality space that well. Mm -hmm. But like, so from a showrunner standpoint there, it would be like, um, like, let's say Avatar The Last Airbender. Um, their showrunners choice. were, love it, where Brian Kinsco and Michael DiMartino, those two guys together were like, if there's ever a question someone had, you ask them. Like, they mm -hmm. are the final say. Of course, producers are going to be like, we'll, this budget, whatever. But like, creatively, they are the final say. Yeah. Okay. That's, that's a good explanation. Yeah. So you said you came from a narrative background. How did you, well, here, let's rewind. So I met you very briefly when you were working in the, for Travis, Travis yes. Gafford in like the LCS space. Okay. So did you, well, wait, let's go even further back. You went to Dodge, which is yes. Chapman. Yeah. Chapman University. Yeah. Film school. Wait, are you um, from Orange County? No, I'm from uh, Barria, San Mateo. Oh, okay, cool. I'm from Orange County, which is why I, oh, okay. yeah. familiar, I, went, to, yeah. I went to high school down the street from Chapman. Okay. But, um, okay, so you went to Dodge, which is Chapman's film school. Yeah. When you were going to film school, what was, did you have any idea of like what you wanted to be doing once you left? Yes and no. Okay. I kind of, so like in high school, from a really young age, I knew mm -hmm. I was wanted to do something creative. Yeah. Like I wasn't, I think it's because like my parents both worked really long hours, like mm -hmm. either my high school teacher and like office job and like just watching them kind of like sit behind a desk forever. I was like, eh, that's, ugh, that's too much. Yeah. Um, wow. Even as a, as a kid, you like picked up on that. Yeah. Yeah. As a kid, because like um, as a kid, I wanted to be like an animator or work in video games. Okay. So you've always kind of wanted like the video game route to an extent. Yeah, video games have always been a part of my life. Mm -hmm. um, what was your first video game that you remember playing? Very first one would have been on like the original Game Boy, okay. like the Gray Brick. Oh yeah, I know all about the Gray Brick. Yes, um, it was uh, it was a Wario game. Okay. Um, and I couldn't tell you what I what it was called, but I know that I had every cheat code memorized. Hell yeah, you did. As like a like five or yeah. six year old. Um, I also, I, in general, like, memorized a lot of cheat codes. I would go to, like, the library and read through cheat code books and memorize them. And then I'd go to school and, like, I was in kindergarten. The eighth graders would be like, hey, uh, what's, uh, what's the code for this game? And I'd be like, I got you. And I, I'd type the code in and they'd be like, here, you want to play this game? And so, like, that's how I'd get to play a bunch of different games. Wait, that's so funny. How did you build that reputation? Honestly, I don't know. Do you I have older I'd... siblings? Like, how did they... I'm the oldest. I have two younger sisters. Okay, wow. So that's, yeah. like... A potential like creepy situation that's intimidating <laughs> i don't know it worked out for me though. it totally did okay so you're five and you have eighth graders asking you for cheat codes yep and you were like hey i don't want to work in an office exactly as, a, that, well, as i'm typing in the code i'm like yeah i'm, I'm really not thinking the office life is for me <laughs> um but um yeah, I uh, was, like, always drawing and, like, thinking of, like, game concepts and stuff. Oh. Um, um, but eventually, like, going up through high school, I still didn't really know what I wanted to do. Yeah. I also did, like, acting classes and stuff. No way. I didn't know that. Yeah. I had, I had like, tried everything. Okay. Because um, my parents were very much like, yeah, try it. If you don't like it, don't do it. That's really special yeah. and rare, honestly. Yeah. To have parents, especially, I think, parents that don't come cre from creative fields to not yeah. be i think there's a certain bravery involved to be like your child go be creative yeah uh so that's really cool okay so what was it about act just acting wasn't for you um acting was just 
it's a lot to try to get into. Yeah, it's um, hardcore. I like I did a, a like number of auditions and like it's just like stressful and it's like there's a there's a great video from I think um Ryan Gosling where he talks mm -hmm. about like the process of auditioning um, yeah. which I will misquote but basically boils it down to like you show up to a room, you see a bunch of guys that look just like you, uh you you hear the guy who's like going before you doing it exactly how you were going to do it and you just, it sounds like they don't like it so you're like well okay do I change my audition now and it's there's all these factors in it mm -hmm. um but um what what happened was like there was one show where it was like a local San Francisco show where I made it through like three callback sessions wow how old chemistry you? read um I think I was 14 okay so you 15 okay I was so in high school. high school um uh ended up going to like the producer's house and oh. doing like a chemistry read with like the current talent and like two of the producers and like the read felt like fine i was a little awkward but like yeah. like chemistry with the other talent was like great um but what like did me in was this show was all about like being eco-friendly and eco-conscious and so did you show up with a bunch of ziploc baggies no at the end they're like okay well great um we really like you uh last kind of final questions is like what do you do to be eco-friendly because we really want to be true to the show and i was like um yeah my family composts and we recycle <laughs> that hey back in like back then compo that composting that's pretty good was pretty right niche yeah um but you could i don't know there's like they they wanted captain planet or something because like you could tell the energy in the room shifted and they're like all right well we'll let you know no yeah. that's tough too at a young age to because you know like me working hosting and stuff like audition the audition process is definitely different but there yeah. is like an audition and there's a rejection and a accepting process and like as an adult that's been something that i've had to kind of work through but i feel like as a kid who you know you're going through puberty like you're <laughs> not like that feels very stressful well what i came out of that with was like um well there were two things one that kind of pushed me into picking up a camera because mm. part of me was like well i'm not really getting experience i should just make experience for myself so i started like i was watching youtube all the time yeah very inspired by creators there so like just started making stuff with my friends um like writing scripts acting in it myself and then from there was like actually being behind the camera is kind of fun yeah. And it's like way faster than animation where like I'm spending weeks on like six seconds. This is like I shoot a thing with my buddies. We have like a short film in a day. Yeah. What um what YouTubers were you watching? Like who stands out? Who inspired you, Broden? Um big one that comes to mind is like Freddie W. I, I um, never watched Freddie W. Yeah, Freddie Wong. He he worked with a bunch of guys, um, like Brandon Latch uh nico sam corridor digital they now mm. do a bunch of just vfx react stuff it's funny cool. how their channel has shifted yeah um but back in the day yeah they would every week put up like short scripted vfx heavy content cool um them i remember watching like mystery guitar man mm. um ryan higa of course yeah yeah john did you ever watch johnny yeah johnny no i think it was johnny yeah it was jaw like spelled like jaw and then knee and no, he would do like parody music, but he was like um, Ryan Higa adjacent. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, not familiar. 
Okay, so you're watching YouTube. You're like, it's so much better to be behind the camera. I'm liking this more than going on auditions and having to explain being eco-friendly. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, it was still fun acting, but yeah, yeah, it was like, I'm creating the opportunities for myself now. That's, I feel like that is a really go-getter attitude, especially at a young age. Well, but also, sorry, now I'm kind of talking myself through this. Also, though, when you're that age, I think you don't have like the fear or the realism that you do as an adult. Yeah. So you kind of just yeah. go for shit. You're like, it's easy. Yeah. I would just like Google it. Be like, how do you do this? Cool. I can do that. Yeah. Right. Because yeah. I would do something. Similar. I had like this uh, sketch comedy show with me and a friend of mine yeah. that we would record that I started when I was in third grade. And I just would I just like would edit it and figure it out. And I didn't think anything of it. And now I feel like as an adult, when I want to do a new project, I'm like overthinking it to death. And I'm like, okay, yeah. we need like a whole plan. And what's, what's the-, the budget? We're going to need a whole crew. Right? Location. Yeah. All this stuff. yeah. Like it just gets in the way of being creative. I wonder how you pull that back, right? Do you find yourself falling into that? Or do you find you have like a pretty good balance of going for creative ideas? But also, I guess, I don't want to say being an adult about it, but. Well, what's funny is that. um working with like offline like mm-hmm. otv stuff is so like scruffy your neck run and gun that like yeah. it's like um going to college i feel like i went totally towards the professional like okay everything mm-hmm. is big budget big crew and then offline was like a breath of, breath of fresh air it's like oh it's just me again yeah it's like i'm just doing it all we just need that and that did you have a hard time like unlearning i guess what you learned in college not necessarily because i was always pretty good at like skeleton crew one man Mm. band it's just me yeah like i was very comfortable with that so if anything it took me a while to learn how to work with a big crew and like trust everyone else to do all the positions i was used to doing yeah um because and there were a lot of times where like i'd be working with someone and be like i'd be so much faster if i just did it or like you're not really doing it how i want it so yeah mm." and that was more of a growing pain than just me doing it myself Mm -hmm. okay so we skip i have so many questions okay wait let's let's rein this in So, okay, I think to not get stuck in the weeds of like the logistic weeds we'll call of, you know, budget, got to make sure we have a crew. We have to have like the best lighting or whatever. You have to be really confident in your ideas, right? Yeah. Yeah. Because you really have to be like, okay, my idea will carry this through and like my creative direction and kind of the the idea in my head is strong enough to push through, you know, having bad lighting or if we have no, we run out of money. I don't know. Um, did you ever struggle with finding your creative confidence? I do. I would say I actually kind of struggle with that right now Mm. because I want to do like more short films, Mm. but again, like it's kind of that different barrier of entry where it's like, Oh, TV video easy. I could come up with like an idea two days before and let's get it done. Yeah. Short film is like, well, if I want to really execute my vision to like the perfect T, it has all these things. And then now I am piling stuff on. Um, yeah. It is a balance. Yeah. Interesting. But, How do you work through it? It's funny because these podcast episodes have kind of turned into me bringing up creative roadblocks that I have and asking people <laughs> what they do yeah. about it. <laughs> How to get, yeah. Um, for me, I'm doing the baby steps approach. Okay. Where... I rather than like, okay, I'm going to dive into like a a 15 minute short film again, baby steps. Let's ease into it. Let's do like a two minute one. Mm -hmm. And so, cause that's way more, way easier for me to like write, schedule people. Um, so on that front, I've like now I've written like two shorts. I want to write one more. 
and then just kind of pick from those be like this is the best idea of the three let's make it and just pick a day yeah i like that yeah great advice um okay so let's go back to dodge so you're at dodge did you you're approaching graduation then what or did you start working with travis before you graduated i was working did you know ovaly what's up did you know ovaly while you were there we met there yeah oh okay cool so yeah it's weird because um i came into school fully like intending to like enter the film industry Mm -hmm. wasn't sure exactly how it was gonna go yeah um because i knew like like being a feature film director was like kind of a lofty goal Mm -hmm. so what i did was like each year i just learned a new position um started with like grip and electric just Mm -hmm. moving stuff around lighting gaffing eventually camera um cinematographer audio like all this stuff is the program built that way or were you intentionally kind of i was intentionally seeking this out yeah okay he's strategic yeah the program is built in a way where like you pick your track and then you're just on it Mm. um and even then you don't really like you can definitely slack like when like in film school after about a year like that it kind of starts to separate like the oil and the water start to separate Mm. and you see like who's really like on set every weekend and who's kind of just hanging out. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, when I was on set, I was like, like, I had a period of like, I want to learn everything like lighting so that I know that. And I actually, it's funny because at um, Offline, we had, we had these kind of like more standard like light fixtures mm-hmm. that you put up everywhere. Yeah. And I went out and bought like some super cheap, like literally like two or $3 like light bulbs. Mm-hmm. Um, do-it-yourself fixtures and like some china ball like paper lanterns yeah and i've just been using those for every shoot sick and everyone's like what are you doing like what isn't this like six dollars and it's like yeah but it looks better than the three hundred dollar light so. yeah no amaran i'm obsessed yeah they sent that to me and i was like thank you yeah but to i guess to go back to our conversation like that is my issue is like i am used to i was at red bull media house and then i was at buzzfeed which obviously they have money and there's equipment everywhere yeah that i get really stuck on like equipment Mm, and mm -hmm. on like lighting and like the three-point light like how are we doing this sort of a thing yeah that i like i find myself allowing myself to like get distracted in that so i don't have to deal with the creative with like (laughs) making my idea better yeah yeah (laughs) but well sorry go ahead I had a, oh, I have a friend, mm-hmm. um, really close friend who's like a, um, really successful cinematographer now cool. for feature films. Sick. And he is the one who really kind of changed my view of lighting. Cause I also was like, oh, I need like, I need to be by the book and I need this and this and like all that stuff. And after working on a few sets with him and him being like, eh, throw it out. Like, eh, let's just like, uh, let's get our biggest light and just shoot at the wall. And it's like, interesting. You really are just like. Like, just send it, make a big source, then we'll figure it out. It looks good anyway. Yeah, um, I like that. Yeah. And that's kind of my, been my approach now. I adopted that from him. Yeah. Like, you know what? We don't need all this stuff. It looks good with just one big bright wall. Yeah. Yeah. No, it, that's funny you say that because when I was in college and I was streaming, I would literally just like throw my lamp against, yeah. like bounce just it off of the, the wall, wall behind my PC. And it, it is funny, actually, pretty good. <laughs> how many streamers just like because they'll get like these lights or something, yeah. And like originally they all pointed at themselves, and then in every streamer's career, you'll see eventually 
they turn it around at the wall <laughs> and, it just, and it looks so much it better. It looks so much better, right? Yeah. Okay. So speaking of streamers, you've mentioned offline TV. Let's, I keep interrupting you. Let's get <laughs> from Dodge to Dodge the eSports. OTV. Yeah. yeah. Um, while at school, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll do the con- condensed version. No, no, no. Version. Don't do the condensed version. I'm just, this is for myself and I'm like, I okay. need to stop <laughs> jumping in and like let you finish your sentence. While in, I think it was my sophomore year, mm-hmm. um, I uh, like reconnected with a friend who I had in like high yeah in high school okay um who he was from the area he was from la i was from bay area um that's kind of a we can get into that story if we need to Let's but that is kind of story. a crazy tangent or go into what how do you feel Broden? um i feel like it's a little off but okay, okay i'll just i'll just say that um i went on like an international uh like boy scout uh, were you a boy scout i was i actually hated it until this trip were you like, did you full send like you were, you like grad, I don't know what that's called, Eagle Scout? Eagle Scout, yeah. What was yeah. your Eagle Scout project? My, I made benches for my high school. Oh, that's very nice. Yeah. Oh, very yeah. nice. Okay. Either, either I made them or I refinished them. I honestly, I don't know. Okay. Remember. I'm going to be, I don't know if I'm allowed to say this and I might cut it out of the episode. Sure. But I was a Girl Scout. Okay. And I didn't do my girls. I didn't, fit, I ended up like bailing because I, couldn't conceptualize i was like the projects that they want you to do are bullshit projects like these are not real mm-hmm. and i couldn't understand like i was like overcomplicating it to the point that i like gave up basically because i was like this doesn't what? make sense this is tying into what you were saying about like starting a project and it's <laughs> yeah. like too much yeah and so good for you for refinishing your benches <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah okay so your your international trip yeah so basically um went on an international trip where they there was like a mistaken booking where mm-hmm. i wasn't going with the san francisco group i was going with the la group okay um so didn't know anyone but got really close with this guy named noah i'll shout him out um and uh yeah, Noah, you better watch this fucking podcast yeah. well what's funny is full circle he actually works at otv with me now no way yeah, okay he's, so then he's now you producer. can make does he work with you or for you like what um, level of power do you have over him to make him watch this podcast uh i would say a bit of both at this point okay okay <laughs> yeah I'll leave it up to you. He's put his own footing in there. Yeah. Um, But uh, he, like, on on a whim was like, hey, like, me and a buddy, like, we're going to sneak into E3. Um, Are you down to come with? I'm like, yeah, let's do it. Mm Because I was very much about that stuff. Yeah. Um, So what we did was, like, we, I'm not going to say we fully lied, but (laughs) basically we showed E3 credentials that we were, like, members of the press. Because back then you could get a press badge for free. Hell yeah, you could. Um, yeah. Actually, is E3 still around? I feel like they, they just, just canceled. Did they cancel it full send or did they like just sort of cancel this year? They definitely canceled this year. It's on yeah. a it's on a downward, I would say, spiral. Okay. Well, if anyone is at E3 and you're still around, just cover yours. <laughs> but uh, basically, we went to our respective colleges mm-hmm. and like I went to my like, Chapman's newspaper and was like, hey, I'm going to go to E3. Would you like me to like take photos for you? And they were like, uh, we don't really, we're not gonna write on E3. And it's like, that's fine. Would you like me to take photos <laughs> for you? And they're like, sure. So I took that email and was like, great. And then I made myself a business card and a, a letter and I had them sign it. And then so I showed up at, at press like registration, was like, hi, I am a photographer for Chapman University. I'm here to check out E3. And they gave me a press badge. I don't um, think that's lying. I think that's like, that's amazing. Well, 
there's like there's some finessing there, okay, but yeah. Okay. Um, maybe it, that could, says something about my own moral compass. That I'm like, <laughs> no, that's truth. <laughs> but um, basically, yeah. yeah I, so I did that with those with the, the other two guys, mm-hmm. and that was kind of a bonding experience. Yeah, it felt like we were like oceans elevening. Oh um, yeah. And uh, from there, they're like, "So what do you do?" And I'm like, oh, "I do film production." And they're like, "Oh, we like run esports tournaments." Um, cool. And uh, they were like, "We actually need someone who does video because none of us can do that." So I was like, sure, I'll do it. So I worked with them on like a handful of esports things. Mm-hmm. Had no idea esports existed. I was a huge gamer, but didn't know what that was. Okay. Um, what Like what games were you playing at this point? I Well, that's what's funny is like one of my first games was like StarCraft. Mm-hmm. Had no idea multiplayer was a thing. I would just play bots. Wait, cute. Forever. That's I would so just play wholesome. Bots. Also knew all of like the cheat codes there. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, Did the eighth graders still call you up? By you guys that keep point, in touch? no, no, they were long gone. Um, but uh, but it was actually because my dad works at high school. Mm-hmm. Um, his students knew I was a gamer. So like when okay. I was in like elementary school or something, mm-hmm. one of his students was like, "Hey, I burned your son a copy of StarCraft." Like, wait, that's really sweet. Did you go to a small school or something? Or I went to a very small school. Okay. but like like the the schools were not attached. Oh, okay. Like, so we're just day, all like, around. That guy was just a saint. I don't know. My dad must have been wow. talking about me. Did you ever find out who he was? No idea who he was. Yeah. That's like a like a guardian angel sort of a I thing. Know, right? Yeah. Wow. Divine intervention. Yeah. Um but yeah, so like that's that was my introduction to mm-hmm. like pro play and tournaments. And then um just from the, kind of that, I started meeting like other people who worked in esports. Um I eventually, with those two guys, shot for a LCS team that taught me my first lesson about esports, which is, uh, well, back then at least, I don't know if it's still this way, but don't trust anyone. <laughs> um, the I, I was tricked into basically a summer's worth of free labor. Um, but also from that, there was a silver lining in that I was like one of few people working in video. So I got mm-hmm. to know all of the other team creators. Yeah. Um, and they started like offering me jobs like Damien Estrada at Team Liquid. Um, that's where I met like Max at TSM. Um, and that's where kind of just the network started to grow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then to fully go all the way to OTV. Um, Wait, so how did, sorry, you're skipping. How I did, am skipping. How did you meet Travis? Uh, so Travis lived in the same apartment complex as team liquid okay that is literally how i met him i was working um i had come in for damien to Mm -hmm. like do a shoot or something and then was like hanging out in their like team area and then travis just like would happen to walk by sometimes and like stumble in Mm -hmm. and so he came in we met he learned that i like did video stuff but like we didn't really work together for another year or so yeah like I kept doing kind of other one-offs. And at the time I was also, cause I was straddling basically film and esports. So I was also doing like commercial work, music videos, that kind of Which thing. Which I want to talk about because that was something I was always so excited to catch up with you. Yeah. I feel like we'd always run into each other at like very random moments where you, <laughs> it's like not opportune to catch up even a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I feel like one of us always working and it's like, hey, yeah, good to see you. Bye. Bye. <laughs> yeah. And so I do want to get to that. But so you're straddling the line of esports and kind of more uh, commercial work. Yeah. And but so I think Travis thought that was interesting. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, it's kind of cool. Like you do this other stuff. Um, 
and eventually when it was my like senior year um or no i just graduated Mm -hmm. um i was shooting a documentary in thailand and got this like cold call email from travis that's like hey uh i'm starting this thing at yahoo um looking for like video editors and like shooters are you interested and Mm -hmm. i was like well big tech company right out of school yeah yeah (laughs) Yeah. i didn't realize that that's when okay for some reason i guess it totally makes sense i keep forgetting that yahoo did esports yeah (laughs) yeah very brief moment Yeah. yeah cool so you were working for yahoo wait what was the documentary in thailand that one that's an interesting one that was a to change the tone a bit um that was a document or a documentary about um like underage sex workers wow. in Thailand uh-huh. and kind of just um Southeast Asia in general yeah um for like a little over a month um the cinematographer friend mm-hmm. and I were both um cinematographers for uh, a director who basically wanted to show kind of the story of a lot of these underage girls who were in these areas and were kind of like it's it's a really kind of strange messed up system but they're basically escaping poverty by getting promised to like go into yeah um like sex work and it's not always by choice but a lot of the time afterwards um like they they say they'll actually stay in it because it's a providing a better life for them and their family than it was before so it's a really kind of it's a weird Touchy relationship yeah, yeah 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 definite gray area i know i don't know if it's like the exact same thing but so my mom's from the philippines and i know in the mm. philippines there it, there's like a similar kind of industry yeah. i guess for lack of better words yeah. yeah it was it was really kind of eye-opening because we um well we would shoot like undercover in these kind of like essentially oh, brothels you would have to go undercover yeah did you like yeah. have to wear a disguise not to no, make light no. of something that's obviously like a heavy and very serious topic, but like what does shooting undercover so really entail? Didn't need to wear a disguise because the main like um the main people like spending here mm-hmm. were typically expats. Okay. So it's typically foreigners who come in and are looking for like underage girls uh, where it's like they can get away with it. My stomach is like churning. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Okay. So, um, if anything, me and my friend who were like fresh out of college looking very young Mm -hmm. probably made them feel a bit more comfortable because it's like, oh, it's someone close to my age. Um, but basically we would, um, we would go in with two like local guys Mm -hmm. who were basically like undercover. They also knew. Okay. Um, and it was again, like not to make light of the situation, but it was kind of like really like weird in that the the guys would brief us and be like, this is the code word if she's underage. This is the code word for whatever. This is like if if they're onto us, like whatever, all this stuff. Um, and then they're giving us these special phones where it's like, if you hit this app, you're actually filming, but you can't, it won't see anything. Whoa. Yeah, you can open up the camera and it still looks like it's like fine. Broden. Yeah. Um, what? But then what's crazy is so then we get on the back of their motorbikes, we go to this brothel. Yeah. And then once we're inside completely change their tone and like what's up man yo we're gonna we're gonna meet some ladies let's go and it's like whoa you guys are like crazy actors yeah good thing you had the acting classes did you feel like like were you like okay i'm getting into character finally i can yeah Yeah. character yeah Um, oh my gosh yeah wait so 
sorry keep going what happened <laughs> um yeah well basically what we would do we we went undercover for three of them and then mm. majority of the rest of it was like visiting homes and shelters where people have been rescued okay because really that's that was the purpose of it was those guys go in and they basically find out if the girls are underage and if they are they would give them like an out basically in secret be like hey if you want to get out of this life we will provide it for you oh cool yeah what's the can people watch the documentary um i think it ended up being called 26 seconds okay i think that's what it's called and she actually expanded she shot with us for like a month month and a half um and then she went and shot in a few other countries around the world to make mm. it more worldwide okay yeah that's an, that's i don't know how to i'm a pretty good host and i don't know how to transition <laughs> out of things not sure how to transition out of this one well yeah so yeah. so during that experience i get an email from travis gafford that says perfect <laughs> hey you want to come work in esports i'm yeah. like that sounds pretty good yeah. yeah did you have like a heart like what was your mental process while you're because that sounds like really heavy and yeah how are you mentally experiencing this because it's uh, heavy it, it's like a very real heavy subject and then also you are getting to live out like kind of a creative yeah i don't want to say dream but you know not a lot of people get to go international and do cinematography work like that's an accomplishment in and of itself it's yeah. like how are you kind of balancing the heaviness with achieving well, goals and the the like undercover days were like those were stressful yeah it was like they would they did tell us the dangers of like hey like this is like these people's lives like we if they find out that we're trying to like undermine them there could be like um consequences for so you or for them for everyone for everybody involved. wait so well, we're going in happen? like okay okay um did well, they outline like would you go to jail would they like cut pieces of you off if you know well, what i'm saying it's, like it's like an illegitimate business so they would probably have illegitimate punishments so this, um that's risky business man yeah but so those were again it's just a couple days where we were doing that okay the rest of the days were meeting meeting women who had been rescued yeah. and like like were happy and like loved it and like they were showing kind of like heavy details about their past, but in the moment they were very happy and like we're out of it. Yeah. So it wasn't like heaviness the whole time. Okay. Did it you tell your parents that you were going undercover? Like, yeah. yeah. Oh, you did. Were yeah. they, ex how'd they react to that? <laughs> I think they were like, huh? Okay. Oh, you're already on the, okay. All right. Like, <laughs> so you're nothing more like ask for forgiveness type. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So Travis sends you an email. Yes. So Travis sends me an email. Um, I tell him, hey, sorry, I'm shooting this very heavy documentary, but uh, when I'm back, sure. And he's like, mm -hmm. oh, okay, yeah, that works. Um, I fly back. Um, I do like an interview or two with like the Yahoo execs. And um, yeah, from there, I, I start my days working in esports. Um, and those days had a lot of like kind of flying around the world, going to mm -hmm. esports events. Um, so it wasn't lots. just LCS. Wasn't just LCS. Oh, okay, though. I didn't realize that. Yeah. Um. Sometimes I'd get pulled on to like Street Fighter mm -hmm. every so often. CS:GO. Cool. Um, I love FGC. Yep. Do you have a favorite esports scene? Esports scene? Yeah, Ooh. like to film or be around. I okay. I don't know if I would call them necessarily my favorite scene, but one of the most, two of the most like hype, uh, like tournaments. Um, I was at other than like LCS where 
um, Rocket League and Gears of War. Rocket League, out. it made sense because it's just like, like ball go in goal, score, win. It's like anyone can, like yeah. you don't need to know the game. Mm-hmm. Like League of Legends, you're like, what's going on? Like 20 minutes in, I'm still not, I think they're winning. Um, and then, but Gears of War was fun because the players are just like so unhinged. They were yelling things where I'm like, are they allowed to say that? But it like made it hype in the same Yeah. Well, I could see that. I've never seen Gears of War in person, but I have seen Rocket League in person and it totally yeah. is. I wasn't expecting the crowd to get so in it. Yeah. 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 It's crazy. Yeah. Okay. So sorry, I interrupted you. You were really excited to say something. I don't know. Okay. I killed it. Oh, I remember. I was going to say I went to E3 legitimately. <gasps> oh. After that. Was yeah. it less fun because it was legitimate or um, more fun? The first legitimate year was still fun mm-hmm. what year was that do you remember uh, even if it was just like any big announcements that you remember being made i want to say you... it was like 2017 or 2018 okay cool i could be wrong cool, cool. the very first year i went though was the best though yeah i feel like it kind of changed it has kind of changed over the years for yeah. sure yeah but okay so do you know what's so funny is this first question is usually something we spend like 10 minutes on <laughs> but this is so interesting you're, We're just you're like deep. yeah <laughs> Okay, so you are shooting around the world. You're working for Yahoo Esports. Is that what it's yeah, called? Yahoo, Yahoo Sports. Yahoo Sports. And then they're like, hey, guess what, Broden? You don't have a job anymore because Yahoo Sports doesn't exist. Yes. So what's kind of funny about that <laughs> yeah. is around, I think I was there for a year, around like 10 months in, 11 months in, I was kind of thinking like, I don't know if I want to keep doing this. like. It's, I loved traveling and I mm-hmm. loved like shooting and doing esports stuff, but it did feel kind of very repetitive. Mm-hmm. And there were days where I'm like, I'm just doing the same thing again and again and again. And Yahoo Sports, the reason no one really knows about it, no one really saw the stuff. And so yeah. I'd be working on hours on a thing and be like, no one's even going to see this. Like, it doesn't <laughs> matter. Like, did it give you like creative license though to kind of make dumb? I don't want dumb as in like just. In a way, yeah. In a way, it was cool. I, I, I don't know how this happened, but I kind of um, created this reputation within the Yahoo Sports team of like, if they needed something really creative or kind of like out there, mm-hmm. they'd go to me for it. Yeah. And so that was kind of like, oh, cool. I got like a nice new project to work on. Yeah. Like, um, I remember one of the producers being like, like knocking on my like edit bay and being like, hey, I have like a CS:GO thing that like really needs like some like special spice, like. Do you have any free time? I'm like, yeah, I think I can make that work. Yeah. What's the project? And like getting to do that was pretty cool. Yeah. Um, and also kind of gave me more experience in other games. And like, because the other games had different vibes. Like their audiences liked seeing different things. Mm-hmm. So it was fun to kind of cater to different audiences too. Cool. Yeah. Okay. So you were saying around 11 months, you were like, maybe I got to get out of here. Yeah. Um, I, at that time was getting a lot more like freelance jobs, Mm -hmm. um, and was thinking like, these are a lot more creatively fulfilling than what I'm doing here. Um, and was that freelance in like the commercial sphere or gaming? Okay. Commercial music video, that kind of stuff. Cool. Um, and, um, yeah, yeah, I was like thinking about it and like really wasn't sure what to do. And then Yahoo made it really easy. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, because, or I should say Verizon made it really easy because they bought Yahoo and then cut the whole esports team. Okay. I didn't um, realize that's why that happened. Yeah. Okay. 
Yeah, originally they were saying like, yeah, we love you guys. And then they like went dark for a month or two. And then, uh, um, I hope I can talk about it. I think I can. And then um, basically, yeah, everyone was called into a big meeting. And they're like, hey, Bye. We're, doing, we're doing layoffs. Yeah. But because of that, I was like, oh. This is convenient. You mean I get a little money for, this is great. Yeah. Um, And that was honestly the perfect kind of like, pillow Mm -hmm. to let me kind of like land and then get right back into freelance stuff cool okay so how long were you freelance before you landed at otb um maybe two years oh okay cool two maybe three yeah i'm trying to do all the like mental math because like i graduated then i worked at yahoo for a year and then yeah i think it was two years maybe two and a half okay got it um also, this is so random. I don't know why, but I just looked at your face and I was reminded because I was on your Twitter, like going through this, of the picture that you posted for Thanksgiving this year. <laughs> and you said something about like, this was like me on the Mayflower or like, <laughs> I can't remember what it was, but I like was cackling at my, um, at my laptop when I saw that. Wait, that's so. I don't, I don't know remember why, what I tweeted. I don't know why, but like the way you just looked at me, my brain just like I had like a that's a raven flash to like your Twitter. It was a good caption. Thank you. Um, but Thank anyways, you. okay, so you're at OTV, or you're starting at OTV. Do, is there hiring yeah. process like a normal workplace hiring? How that? Happen? No, no. Um, yeah. So from from my so in that like two and a half years mm-hmm. of freelance. Um, I did a lot more. Travis was basically like, Hey, I'm going to keep doing this stuff, even though Yahoo's done. Do you want to be my guy? Mm-hmm. And like, basically another time the creative director term came about, uh, he was like, you want to be my creative director? So I was like coming up with his like graphics packages, um, shooting all his videos, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, and like kind of setting the look of his channel. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you decide what to charge for that? If you don't feel comfortable saying what you charge, that's fine. But like, I think that's a conversation that like freelance, everybody just kind of runs blind, you know? I, I was running blind. Yeah. Um, I just, I based off of like what my onset rates were. Okay. Oh, that and like my Yahoo rate. Cause my Yahoo rate was kind of like a day ish rate as if I was like, oh, like we, we were all technically contractors. Yeah. Oh, okay. Got it. Yeah. Okay. So you just kind of carried that over. Yeah. Okay. I, yeah. For me, basically my, my rates were just like, they started tiny at like a hundred dollars a day. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, as, as I moved up in positions and projects, it would fluctuate. And then I would just quote that. Yeah. 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 What I think is interesting. Cause even now, <laughs> Matt close your ears. <laughs> uh, Cause he brings me a lot of work, uh, is like, I'll, we'll quote rates based on like how big you think the budget of the project is. You know oh, what I mean? Mm-hmm, Cause mm-hmm. it's like, okay, well like, I like these, like, it's just such a random number, right? Because it's like, if I'm working with people I like, then like, I don't, I'll take a lower amount because I like working with you. Yeah. Well, what's also interesting is like, with music videos, a lot of the time, if it's like an independent artist, Mm -hmm. they don't have a really good concept of like how much a video costs. And so they'll be like, hey, like, I want to do a video. Like, what's your rate? And before I even answer what my rate is, I'm like, what budget do you have to work with for your video? Yeah. Because like, I don't want to quote something and then they're like, whoa, that's going to be like more than the whole video, right? And it's like, oh, okay, there's a disconnect here. Yeah. So my first question is like, what is your budget? Um, And then if it's a project that I'm interested in, I'll work out what my rate would be at 
yeah. within there. Okay, but that's yeah. similar to how, how I approach it. Yeah. And then I throw my agent in there and he's like, we could get more. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> that's not like, I'm just gonna. <laughs> yeah. Um, wait, okay. So music videos. I want to talk about that because I, I love music videos. I think music videos are Same. some of the most underrated forms of art and they pack such an insane punch. And like people love music videos, but I feel like it's like not proportionate to they can be so impactful. <laughs> yeah. Was there, yeah. is there a music video that stands out to you as like the music video or maybe like a grouping of music videos that really speak to you? Mm. The first one, I might like come up with more later, Please but do. the first ones that come to mind are just anything Spike Jones has made. Mm, yeah. Or um, I'm blanking on his name, Michelle Gondry. Oh, the, I don't. The two of them, mm -hmm. I want to say he's a French director. Yeah. But, um, or she, I could be wrong. Don't. Hey, can we get a fact check? Just blur that out. Yeah, yeah, fact check. Um, anyway, yeah, those two, mm -hmm. very creative. Yeah. Music. yeah watch your music direct, uh, videos. doesn't matter. Yeah. Well, Spike um, Jones did a bunch of the Beastie Boy ones, yeah? He, uh, he did their famous one, Sabotage, uh -huh. I think. Um, he also did a really famous one with um, Far Side where they did the whole song like backwards but they're like walking through new york mm, cool. um that one's really creative yeah they they learned all of their like rap lyrics backwards, backwards. they had like a whole linguist come and like teach them how to do it Sick. um yeah very, very creative yeah very, yeah well and i think that's why i like music videos is because it it there's such an opportunity like they don't really have to make that much sense like it's such a universe that you're building for like three minutes yeah. Um, and they are almost all the good ones at least are almost always very unhinged. Yeah. Which I really love. Like, um, I'm trying to think like recent ones that I really like. Like, what's the Daft Punk Julian Casablanca song? Um no 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 again. Instant crush. Yeah. I love that music video. Yeah. And at your door by the strokes is another really good one. It's like 2D animation. It feels very... Oh, I think I know what you mean. Is it stop motion or no? Uh, No, it's not. But it's like a bunch of vignettes. And they hired okay. like different animators for each section. That's cool. It's But it's like also a cohesive story. If you haven't seen it, highly recommend. I will look but that up. Yep. I love music videos. So let's talk about that. How'd you get into music videos, man? Um, <clears throat> Well, that was like... um, I can't... I think just a product of like meeting people and being like, Hey, I'm a director. <laughs> I do things. Um, yeah. I had like worked uh, as like crew on a couple of things mm -hmm. and that gave me kind of a, an idea of like, okay, at least in the music video space I was working in, um, very run and gun, very like we're using professional equipment, but it's like two guys operating it instead of five. Yeah. And let's like just make it work. Um, everyone's kind of wearing two to three hats. Um, and yeah, for me, I think it was just meeting in the beginning, it was meeting kind of smaller artists mm. and, um, them being like, I want to do a thing. That's cool that you do stuff. Um, and at the time I had like short films out that were kind of like recent for the time. So I had things to show them be like, look, I made this, this looks pretty good, right? Mm -hmm. This could be you. <laughs> this um, could be you. Yeah. Well, I think that's such an important, something that I'm learning or realizing is in my career in different lanes, though, like this theory proved true, but how you kind of have to do what you want to be doing before you're doing it. Yeah. So no, that very true. when the opportunity comes along for you to actually get paid to do this thing, you can say, yeah. hey, look, I can do it. It's I forget what the like quote is, but 
um, there's some saying or, or someone has said it mm-hmm. where it's like luck is just like setting yourself up with all of the past experience that like when the opportunity shows, you're like ready to take it or something yeah. like that. And I think that's definitely something I did a lot of. Yeah. So what's a short film that you made that you're, what's the, the short film that you made that you're like most proud of? Um, uh, well, my like senior thesis film mm-hmm. was uh, a short film called Eden. That one was like, for so many reasons, just like the craziest kind of undertaking I had done, um, especially for like my time and experience. Yeah. Um, taught me a lot about like politics and school politics. Oh, interesting. I had, there, there's a whole story there, which again, I don't know if it's worth getting into, but um, like that, that was actually a part of film school where I was like, okay, film is actually all politics. There's like yes. so much here that I need to be prepared for. Um, because to, to just condense it, um, I had this whole kind of thesis project ready, had all my pieces lined up from like my junior year. Mm-hmm. Um, and we come into senior year, like ready to go. And the school board was like, actually, um, we're going to take some of your pieces away and give you these pieces. I was like, what? And so for okay. like the first two months of school, I was just talking to every director and being like, like, hey, is there some way, some way we can work through this, through this? And like, like how, basically, um, the school took my DP away, my cinematographer, mm-hmm. who was very close with, and I knew had the experience for it and replaced it with someone who didn't really make any connections, didn't really push themselves. Um, and we're like, well, they need to graduate. So we're giving them your project. You won the lottery. <laughs> and this was something none of us even knew about. Yeah. So like for two months, I was talking to every other director in my year being like, Hey, uh, what's, what's the deal? You hear this lottery? And they're like, I don't know what you're talking about. And I went to like some of the, uh, kind of more, more loose directors who didn't really have plans for their films and stuff. Mm-hmm. I was like, Hey, like, would you mind like swapping and like, you, you can take them. And they, even they were like, uh, no, it's too much of a handful. I'm like, Oh my God. But from doing that, mm-hmm. um, I learned that a bunch of other projects had people like doubled up on certain roles. Okay. I was like, oh, so this is the one exception you've made. And so I went to the board of all of the film at Chapman and basically gave a presentation that was like, um, hey, so I've learned that there's a bunch of other positions that are doubled up. I will do two thesis films for you. I will do one for all of them Mm -hmm. and then my original one if you let me do the original. And in the two months prior, I was talking to all of the professors too. And like, it was very Game of Thrones. Some of them were like, I'm on your side, man. In that room, I got you. You got my vote. Other ones were like, you could tell they're like, yeah, we'll see, you know. Yeah. Um, but eventually they were like, okay. They set parameters where it was like, I didn't, it wasn't a full win for me, but they said, okay, you can do your original film with your crew. Why, why did you have to get their permission to do it? I guess like, why couldn't? it just be something that you were doing on the side was it budget and budget the access? that film ended up costing i think it was like twenty three thousand dollars twenty six thousand oh, wow. dollars okay and as a student i don't have that money dumb question for student films like what is that money going towards if the my understanding is that all of the crew are people yeah. who are in school so what are you paying for majority of the crew is free um if you're if your film is like easy enough then Typically, a, a student film budget's like 5K. You're okay. spending it on like 
crafty um props costumes location that kind of thing mm -hmm. um for my film the whole thing was shot in big bear in the snow okay so we needed to safety the equipment um we also had to hire a steady cam operator who was outside of the school um all of his gear um can you explain steady cam for people who don't know steady yeah steady cam is like um picture a really burly man wearing like um an octopus arm strapped to his chest uh holding like a 40 pound camera with like a weight at it mm -hmm. so it, it creates kind of like a floaty film effect um that's a really good description yeah we always octopus had fun we, we'd put it on and be like whoa because it's like <laughs> yeah um but um yeah so we had all of that and like lodging um for like two weeks in big bear mm -hmm. um there was yeah there's a lot okay but so you got to make your film though and that's the one you're most proud of got to make the film i pushed the crew to their depths and i am so thankful to everyone on that but yeah from that it was like cat <laughs> cats here um it, it was a wild experience that i'll mm -hmm. never forget yeah where can people watch it if they want to like where yeah, could you find on, it it's on youtube you look up like eden sci-fi you'll you'll Ooh, see it Eden sci-fi what's funny there's like four or five eden films <laughs> on youtube but yeah Okay, but one of them is Broden's. One of them is Broden's. Do you have a you like? Do you have plans? Would you ever, I guess, become a YouTuber? Like more? Would you ever go into like a, I guess, becoming a YouTuber in the more traditional YouTube track? I guess now there yeah. are a lot more conglomerates like OTV. But in terms of YouTube, I like the the short film that I plan to make. Mm. That I'll probably put on my YouTube. Yeah. Will I be someone who like talks to the camera or like vlogs or that kind of thing? I'm not really sure. Yeah. Um, I, when I, I had a period where I streamed regularly for mm -hmm. a bit. Um, cause when I first joined offline, I wanted to really get a sense of like what goes into streaming. So I knew what their ad space was. Yeah. Um, and so I did that for a while. And when I did that, um, uh some members of my audience were like hey i like took your stream and like cut it down into like what the other people are doing and i was like oh that's cool and i like watched it and i was like you did everything that they're doing but it doesn't feel right for me yeah it's not like, like authentic to yeah your voice on the internet so like, yeah. i i paid them for their time but i was like i'm i don't think i'm gonna post this yeah um yeah i don't know interesting i feel like and i I'm saying this genuinely in like the most neutral way because I think creators are really incredible in their own right. And then there's also like more, I guess, traditional filmmaking. And it's interesting. I was reading this article. I can't remember really what it was going into, but it wasn't terribly impactful. But the what it was supposed to be about was, is are we doing like, are we doing creator are we doing creatives a disservice by calling everything content now? Mm. Um, and so basically what I was getting to is that while you do work for OTV and work in like the creator space, the way you approach content and being creative feels a lot more like a, tr a more traditional filmmaker, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Um, is that like, are you conscious of that? Is that something that you intentionally do i am i would say i am okay yeah. um 
like even when we're when we're making content within tv like when i first joined there really was no kind of structure Mm -hmm. um i kind of joined and created a structure that made it possible for like more people to to like join and stat like now there's like a whole team when i first joined it was just me yeah um uh it was me and one other person um but now there's like a team of i want to say seven or eight of us that are regularly like we'll come we'll do a meeting we'll outline an idea um but i kind of had to create a framework for that based off of my like film knowledge of like okay well how how can we make this not formulaic but how can we make this just like something people can grab onto and yeah. it's not this amorphous blob that everyone's like well like you said structure yeah yeah um from like a kind of self-aware aspect on my own self mm-hmm. um i have no problem like showing up in content and like being in content as like a supplementary character but when it's my own like i'm producing it yeah i'm much more like selective about it yeah. So, yeah, for for stuff like that, I I tend to want it to be like much more polished. Yeah, I could see you if you ever did do like um more YouTube content. I could see you being like a like a video essay person or like yeah. kind of more yeah. like documentary type. I thing. could see that for me. Yeah, I could see that for you. Like, I don't know if you do you know Nick Robinson? Yeah, yeah. Uh, like Nick's type of YouTube videos where they're like um. Yeah, like he goes on an adventure. Lo- yes, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, there's really like he's got a narrative to his. Yeah, that's that's just something that I'd be interested in. Yeah, totally. No, I love I love his videos. Yeah, very like. Um, did you ever watch How to with John Wilson? I feel like I have, but I don't. It's on HBO. It's like he lives in New York and he does these really unhinged documentaries. <laughs> if you Maybe I have, if you it. have Maybe it's it, recommended to me. You should absolutely watch. I recommend it to everybody. So okay, yeah, <laughs> they're like my favorite and. For people watching this podcast, when I finally do figure out a way to make that into a YouTube video, like here to here first. Um, okay, so you also do music. That I do, yes. You really do dabble in a lot of things. How do you how do yeah. you get into that? Um to rewind all the way back again. Um, yeah, back in like fourth grade or something. Mm-hmm. Whenever GarageBand was invented, Hell yeah. is when I started. Um and yeah, back then I was like, I was watching, watching like Samurai Champloo and like really into like, uh, new jobbies and like, um, like sampling, like Jay Dilla, that kind of stuff. Am I dumb? What are these things? Uh, he is a like really well-known, like, oh, he's well-known lo-fi hip hop. Well, I don't. <laughs> I guess well-known in a certain circle. Okay. Um, I would say these are names in a certain circle. Okay. Uh, I I just I grew up with a lot of friends who were very much into like that form of hip hop, okay. that school of hip hop. Um, oh yeah, you said you're Bay Area. Yeah, I got it. Yeah. Okay. Um, and so yeah, I started by like making beats, mm-hmm. um, and like they're all horrible, they're garbage. Um, there may be two where I was like, oh, that's a good idea. Yeah, maybe I should, maybe I should like rework that. But um, yeah, I like kind of dabbled in that. Um, I would also. Again, I feel like I just go everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, I dabbled in the making video games as well. As I said, I was interested. Oh, so what did that look like? I, um, very small. I never made it to like coding. I was mm-hmm. basically just like using websites and like doing it kind of like that. Yeah. Um, 
there was a small, my first job was making pixel art for games. Cool. And I get paid under the table with like Starbucks or Jamba Juice gift cards. Wow. That I would exchange. That yep. pays the rent. Yep. Um, and uh, the, so yeah, I did like hip hop stuff. I would make like kind of game music for myself. Oh, cool. Um, and then eventually uh, like promoted to like Logic. And I started kind of doing like arrangements and scoring for short film. Um, and Do you mind holding for the track? What's our film? Okay, cool. First question still. <laughs> um, I know. I'll have to have you back. Sorry. You'll have to drive back from <laughs> for part two. For yeah. part two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is there um, an, like a hard out that you have? No. Okay, cool. But um, I would do like arrangements and scoring for short films. Mm -hmm. And then um, kind of didn't touch it for a while. Um, and then learned about like Ableton, which is like another just kind of like prosumer program. Okay. Um, and Wait, prosumer? Yeah. Like a consumer like, who's like above average? Professional, yeah. Oh, that's a good word. I've never heard that before. I don't know if it's like a real word, prosumer. but I've heard it used. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. Um, you know, pros and cons. You know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Okay. Um, but uh, yeah. yeah, I started like dabbling into honestly. Porter Robinson inspired me. So like, I took Ableton wow, and was like trying to learn both brothers in one podcast. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> really binding the world. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Porter Robinson, uh, Maddion, uh, mm -hmm. Dead Mouse. Like they they were inspirations for me to be like, oh, I want to try making EDM again. Cool. But really, it was worlds. It was like. Dude, I gotta try this out. What's your favorite world's uh, song? Uh, I like all of them. Sad Machine, Flicker. Uh, yeah, I'm Divinity Lionhearted. Ooh, yep. yep. Yeah, Great. I love Lionhearted. I haven't seen it in person yet. He never plays it. Yeah, yeah. I actually I interviewed him and I didn't realize he hated the song. And I like, oh really? Yeah, he doesn't like he doesn't like playing it. I didn't know that. And so I like kind of was bugging him about it. And I was like, <laughs> yeah, Lionhearted. And he's like, he was so nice about it though. He was like. He said something along the lines of like, yeah, I don't play that song often because he played it at like he played in Mexico City or something semi somewhat recently and they like convinced him to play it. Yeah. And he was talking about how he it's just not his favorite to play. You know, I mean, yeah. he, as an artist, everyone has a least favorite. Right. And it's just not in his top. Um, but he was so nice about it. And he caught himself. He's like, oh, my gosh, wait, you just said that's like your favorite song. Like, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> and I was like, No, it's OK. <laughs> Did um, that influence? Are you, is it still your favorite? It or? still is. Okay. Yeah, it's just so like, ooh, it's good. That whole yeah. album, man. Whole yeah. album. But yeah, I, okay. I was working on like that, mm -hmm. and then what's funny is I um like came home one day because I lived with like three other roommates. This was in college, mm -hmm. and I heard um from my friend's room like this like resetting resetting and then like mm. a little synth and stuff i'm like someone's making music in here so i like knock on the door open the room and he's doing the exact same thing he's working in ableton and he's like trying to make like porter sounds and i was like i'm doing this down the hall should we just do this together and so that's how like our group was formed mm. and yeah. your group that's temp love temp love yeah. how do you guys come up with the name naming things is hard so what's funny so we're both he's a like sound and editing emphasis i do mm. directing um both very avid film people um temp love is when you are working on an edit for something 
and you put a song in that's like temporary um and you like show it out show the director producer whatever and everyone just starts getting used to the edit with that and you get love for the temp so it's called temp love oh do you have to because there's obviously rights and stuff you still yeah. you have to replace it though. typically it's a horrible feeling because you're yeah. like we're not going to license this like lady gaga song or whatever um but every so often you you will get um cases where like people are like okay let's do it like i want to say um i don't think this is a great example but school of rock mm. they wanted to use the immigrant song for are you familiar with the movie yes 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 uh-huh. the um there's that song where like jack black's driving the van and like all the kids are in it and he's like singing the immigrant song they like really wanted to use that they're like this is the perfect song but like led zeppelin was like didn't want to say yes or like they couldn't get a hold of them mm-hmm. um but so for one of their final days of filming um they were doing like the the stadium shots where like they're doing battle of the bands and jack black they the director was like hey we're gonna film you and the whole crowd and you are gonna talk to them personally so they shot a video where Jack Black's in front of this whole stadium. And he's like, Led Zeppelin, gods of rock. We need you. Please bless us with your song. And they saw that and were like, that's pretty cool. All right, you can have it. Wait, that's sick. Yeah. Temp love. I had no idea. I love yeah. that. I've learned two new words with you today, Broden. Yeah, there you go. Um, and by the time this podcast episode comes out, um, <laughs> you guys would have a new song out. The song will be released. Yeah. Sick. Spotify, Apple Music. Spotify, Apple, whatever. All these uh, Deezer, Diesel, whatever. Yeah. Oh, All for the those platforms. underground kids? Yep. What is that? I don't know. <laughs> but we're there. Okay. So wait, I have a question though, because I was looking. So you have a visualizer for bleachers. What's the difference yes. between a visualizer and a music video? Because it looked music video Yeah. In, in our eyes, a visualizer is like, because really it's just kind of like 20 seconds on loop. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was our thought okay. process. It's, it's like, like cool. it's not a full-fledged like video. Yeah. Um, yeah. For the new one, though, we're planning for it to be like a full-fledged video. There will be no looping parts on this wow. one. Yeah. Are you, um, when you do a music video, that's a dumb question. We're not going to ask that question. Um, let's talk about film. Okay. Because you went to film school, so I'm assuming you're you're a film guy. Love film. Yeah. Would you consider yourself pretentious? Probably. That's honest. Yeah. I'm a little pretentious as well. Maybe yeah. that's why we get along. Yeah. <laughs> What's your... Give me... I know what this... Qu- top three favorite films. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to do it to you. I'm going to give you three films. Are they like my top three? Give me three films. Yeah. There we go. Um... I'm going to say Battle Royale, Japanese movie. Mm -hmm. The reason we have PUBG and all that stuff. The reason we have PUBG. You know, I cannot bring myself to finish that movie. It's too stressful. Really? Yeah. And they're kids. Yeah. Yeah. You're like, that's why I like it. It's pretty awesome, right? It is sick. Um, No, I love all the storylines in that. Yeah. It's like a cast of like, what, like 29 people? And yeah. Anyway, go watch that movie. I think it's on Um, Netflix or it used to be at least. Yeah, it moves around. Yeah. Um, Life Aquatic, Wes okay. Anderson movie. You look. Are you a Wes Anderson guy? I'm a Wes Anderson guy. Okay, yeah. I can see. It. I'm Royal Tenenbaums is my favorite uh, okay. Wes Anderson movie. Good one. Good yeah. one. I found it because I was in um, Sweden. I'm half Swedish. Mm-hmm. Um, I was in Sweden staying at like a family, um, family's apartment, and they had all of his movies, Sick. and so I just binged them in two days. 
and that's where my love for him came when, from. Like, where, where was he in his discography? Like, how far? He had not made Grand Budapest Hotel yet. Okay. So it was everything up until like, that. So I think it's Moonrise Kingdom. Yeah. It was right before that. Yeah. yeah. Um, yes. And then Grand Budapest came out when I was in college. And I was like, wait, yes, more? Amazing. Yeah. yeah. I don't vibe as much with his newer stuff. Like, they haven't it, grabbed me the way that some of his older stuff has. Um, the best review I've heard of the French Dispatch is mm-hmm. it's almost too Wes Anderson, which I get. I would agree with that. It kind of yeah. loses you a little bit because it feels like a caricature of himself. Yeah, it's uh, it's like a lot of the the ideas he's played with and like kind of um, kind of become known for, but like to the nth degree, where it's like, whoa, it's kind of hard to approach this now. It's like. The, there are parts of it where I'm like, this is awesome. And other parts where I'm like, okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. How do you feel about, um, what's it, Asteroid City? Going to see it when it comes I out. I mean, I'm absolutely going to yeah, see it. But it feels it. French Dispatch adjacent based might on be. the marketing so far. Yeah, it might yeah. be. Okay. So Battle Royale, Life Aquatic. Life Aquatic. And um, I'm going to throw a curveball. Fast and Furious Tokyo Drift. That's my favorite Fast and Furious. I don't know that I'd name it as my three, but tell me more. I um, don't even bother watching the other Fast and Furious movies. I've seen the first Did one. Did you stop after Fast and, after Tokyo yeah, Drift? I've seen the first one Wait, and Tokyo Broden, Drift. Do you know anything about what's going on now? I choose not to. I choose not to. Oh my gosh. So I shouldn't tell you? Tokyo Drift is in its own world and that's perfect for me. I'm sure though, like when I say that, all of the other things are going to uh, color people's like perspective or, or opinion of like why I'm saying this movie. And that's why I'm saying I haven't seen any of the other films. That movie in itself is perfect. I, it's, it's my favorite Fast and Furious movie, and I really like the franchise, but yeah. it, it is fantastic. Okay, so I like this. So it sounds like, do you have the ability? I do not possess this ability. I'm trying to hone it in. But to turn off the, like, I love film and just enjoy a movie for what it is, or are you somebody who's kind of always looking at, like, the aspects of film, I guess, as an art form? If the movie is really good, I can turn it off. Mm. If the movie is not, like, capturing my interest, that's when I start analyzing it. Being like, Mm. oh, okay, you did that. Oh, okay, cool, yeah. Yeah. I see that. Um... And then, and then there's like a, a tier right above like really good movie where it's like something so incredible happened. I'm like, wait, how did they do that? And then I, it turns on again. You're analyzing it again. Yeah. Okay. Are you big into physical media at all? Or like, are you like director commentary type beat or? Yeah. I will like as a kid, I would watch that stuff all the time. Mm-hmm. Like I have like the Pirates of the Caribbean, like, Black Pearl, like, director's commentary and stuff, yeah. like, etched into my mind. Um, same for, like, The Incredibles. I'm See, I'm cheating your question because these are also great movies that I'm, like, throwing in there. Throw them in. No, I want to talk about movies, so you yeah. can talk about as much as you want. Um, and it sounds like we have somewhat similar taste, so I'm like, yeah. okay. Did you see Portrait of a Woman on Fire or Portrait of a Lady on Fire? No. I need to see this? You need to see it. It's a French film. Okay. It... I, like, don't want to say too much. It just, like, I cried for 30 minutes afterwards. Wow, okay. It's so good. I got to see it. It's really good. I think it's on Hulu right now. I also, we spoke about this a while mm-hmm. ago. I've still not seen Triangle of Sadness. Have you seen it yet? 
Yes. Wait, okay. what was the other one that I was supposed to watch? Because we were going to switch movies. You were going to watch right. Triangle of Sadness. Oh, and right. I was going to um, watch, because I did watch it. I, I watched it on a plane, I think. And I was sitting next to, um, do you know Brandon Martin? I'm not sure. Okay. It doesn't matter. I was just going to stop saying my boyfriend if you knew who he was. Okay. Um, but I was sitting next to Brandon and I looked at him and was like, oh, I have to watch this because I told Broden I'd watch it. But I don't remember <laughs> what movie it was. We can, we can check the logs. We can check yeah. the logs. Yeah, we'll go look. Oh, the menu. Oh, that's right. Did you see that? I did see it. What'd you think? I thought it was alright. I don't get why everybody liked it so much. Same. So, okay. My, my thoughts on the menu were that, and this is a pretentious thing to say, but it feels like, and I feel similarly about, what's that one Netflix show that everybody got obsessed with? Um, the Korean one. Beef? No, no, no. It's older. It happened during the pandemic. Everybody's dying. Uh, Squid Game? Squid Game. Is that... The menu to me felt like it could have been a really good indie film. I don't remember who who released it, mm. but it felt like this really unhinged project that could have really gone there, but yeah. was almost watered down to be more appealing to like a mainstream audience. And so there were certain things that felt cheated or like not quite what it could have been. And maybe I've just seen too many because I like that genre of just kind of like unhinged weird movies. So maybe I've yeah. seen too many of those movies that like my meter for that kind of stuff is kind of broken. But it just it felt like a watered down version of what was originally pitched maybe. Um, and I think that the reason why so many people liked it is because not a lot of people tend Are to used to that tend to go towards that. And so they're yeah. like, wow, I got a taste of this really amazing thing this is the best thing I've ever seen. But it's like, no, there's so many. Go yeah. touch the other stuff. No, that's kind of how I felt. Yeah. It felt like, well, also it's like marketed as like a horror film. Mm -hmm. And then you go in and it's like not really horror. It's kind of yeah. like you said, it's like it touches on weird, but it's not like scary at all. It will, it never like commits to anything. Like, I don't even know how I would describe it. Yeah. Because there's like cheekiness in it. Mm -hmm. There's like cheekiness in the movie that like, doesn't play i didn't feel like it landed yeah but it would have landed if it would have been if they would have committed to that throughout the movie but it doesn't there's just like a few moments of it and so it kind of like winks at it but it's yeah. not enough to be impactful and did you watch squid game and that's how i felt about squid game where like visually it was stunning i thought that the set pieces were great i thought it was shot really well but it doesn't it feels like oh, go ahead. it feels like the way that it goes there is just by sheer, I guess, shock value. But it doesn't the story that's being told doesn't quite get there for me. And like it just isn't quite there. But like I've seen other things that hit at this like darkness or really hit at what it was getting at. It's just it's kind of too obscure for most people to have seen or to yeah. be able to digest. And that's how I felt about the menu. Yeah. Yeah. We're aligned. We're aligned. I'm telling you, you got to watch <laughs> Triangle of Sadness. I, yeah, I really do. It's so good. And then what was the other one? Did you watch Beef? I haven't watched it yet. I saw the yet. first episode. I'm, okay. Yeah. I've heard really good things. I'm interested. Yeah. The first yeah. episode hooked me. But I'm not, I don't trust like when everyone's running towards things anymore. I don't trust it because I'm realizing that. I know exactly what you mean. And I think this is where, like, this is where I'm like, yeah, I'm probably kind of pretentious. <laughs> So an example of this is um, everything everywhere all at once. Mm -hmm. I like saw the first like poster or whatever of that movie. And I was like, "Ooh, I really want to see that. Yeah. Like, I think I'm going to like that movie. 
And then it came out and I think I was like traveling abroad or something Mm -hmm. for like a month. And I just for a month was hearing like best movie ever. Oh my God, it's going to blow your mind. It's so good. Whoa. And when I hear that over and over again, I'm like, well, it can't be that good. It can't be that good. (laughs) And so seeing it, I was like, I really enjoyed it. Yeah. But my experience was hindered by everyone saying like, it's so good, right? Totally. Yeah. Like I... I again I recognize I think it's a good like a pretty a really good movie and like the I have such a soft spot for like the Asians doing the creative thing because yeah. you know I didn't really have that growing up I had like Lucy Liu and Jackie Chan and I'm not <laughs> even Chinese yeah. like um right they're both Chinese I'm gonna feel yeah, really bad about so. they are sure. um but like so from that perspective I think even that like skews it for me but from like a film like there's weirder movies that yeah. hit that hit that that mark for me. What's the weirdest movie you've seen, or that comes to mind? Like, what's like a really weird movie where somebody's like, "Weird movie, this is it." I don't know. I'm looking for recommendations. Head. Yeah. <laughs> Have you seen The Lobster? Yes. That's one of my favorite movies. Love that movie. And I think that's yeah. maybe perhaps all somebody needs to know about me when it comes <laughs> to like movie taste is that yeah. The Lobster is one of my favorite movies. I played that for a room of friends and they were like, that was interesting. I didn't dislike it, but I don't know how to feel. I'm like, great. Perfect. That's exactly, it did its job. Perfect. I didn't like, um, what was his other movie that came out right after that he won awards for? Um, the Favorite? The Favorite. That one didn't hit me as hard though. I was going to, it's funny when you said like weird movie, I thought like, oh, The Favorite is kind of weird, but I'm not going to say it. Um, it is weird. Yeah. But it, I think something about The Lobster, maybe the subject matter, I don't know. Yeah. Really got at me. And I haven't seen um Sacred Killing of a Sacred Deer. I haven't seen yet. Haven't seen that one either, yeah. I heard it's weird. Um, but okay, so to go back to like the social media thing, how do you think because back when we were kids, for example, or when social media media didn't exist, there wasn't that hype. But like social media clearly I don't want to, I don't know if skews is the right word, but it clearly colors our perception of of things Mm -hmm. like what i don't know what the question is there but i'm just curious to hear kind of your take or experience with with how how, i like consume social media or how i produce it because i also like like we are yeah i don't know i think i think maybe both because that is such an interesting thing that social media including like youtube in that you know longer form content as well um is like a primary source of entertainment now yeah. And we work very intimately with that. And so kind of preserving, I guess, your identity as a consumer of content and that kind of media while also being a producer that maybe is producing things, I don't know, that isn't necessarily what you would watch in your free time. I, well, it's funny that like, like producing things for social media also has changed my view mm. and perspective on it. like. I can I can say um, without hiding it that I, I do not like Instagram anymore. And I used to love it. Mm-hmm. I used to love like just like curating photos and posting them and like creating this kind of like this look or like a vibe to my page. And now like after experiencing other forms of social media, like I really like Twitter because there's so much like discourse. Like you can tweet something, someone can respond to it. Some other random source can respond to it. Like they're really good at creating... Um, a kind of 
communities may be the wrong word, but like, like everyone seems accessible. Yeah. It's like mm -hmm. an open forum. Yeah. Where like you can you can shout at the president and like maybe he'll read it. I don't know. <laughs> um, versus like Instagram, someone can comment and like no one's really gonna see that comment. Like maybe they will if someone's really digging. Mm. But like Twitter it does a great has a great way of like uh platforming a comment if it's really good or really funny or something like that. Yeah. Are you a big um, Reddit guy? That sounds not kind so of Reddit esque. I maybe that's why I like Twitter is because I never really knew Reddit. Do you know what's experience. funny? I thought everybody used Reddit. I have been ashamed that I don't really use Reddit. And everyone I've talked to recently, everyone's Doesn't just like, Yeah, I don't really do Reddit. I only do Reddit when I Google things and I put Reddit at the end of the Google yes, search. Because it's so helpful. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If I have like a really specific like tech question or like like piece of software, I'll be like, like Ableton, how did you do this thing? Reddit. <laughs> Reddit always has your back. Yeah. Mm -hmm. They always know that. Yeah. But sorry, you were saying, so you enjoy Twitter. You don't enjoy Instagram as much. What changed about Instagram that has made you kind of shift? Or is it more as a producer, what you're interested um, in making has changed? A bit of both. Well, for for Instagram, it's like it doesn't feel as satisfying or rewarding to post a photo or something. What makes something rewarding to you? Like, I like, for example, like Twitter. If I post something, like, I like seeing, like, people take because i typically will post like something meme -y or like weird or like something like yeah. that and so i like having people spinning it and like then working off of someone else's spin and just like it it keeps going mm -hmm. um versus instagram it's like once i post it it's kind of dead there at least that's my interpretation of mm -hmm. it well, what i do like is stories yeah i um, like stories a lot i went to um ireland over mm -hmm. uh like new year's cool for fun or work and for fun Ooh. yeah I was um I was in London because my sister just moved there. So like mm -hmm. we were doing Christmas there. And then I was like, well, I'm in the area. I might as well go to Ireland. And like on a whim, I was like, I'm going to go to this place. and I'm going to like document it. Mm -hmm. And that was really fun. That's probably the closest you'll get to like a vlog from me okay. is like a series of Instagram stories. Yeah. Yeah. I think the other thing that I really like about Instagram stories. So I really like Snapchat as well. Mm. I kind of use them interchangeably. Um, but I'm a little more unhinged on Snapchat because less people I know personally follow me on there. Yeah. Um, but wait, that's funny. The one that less people you know, you're more unhinged. I'm super unhinged on Snapchat. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what that is. Like you'd think you're more comfortable. Well, actually, I kind of get it. Yeah. Because back tying in full circle, mm -hmm. when I was doing auditions, it was really easy for me to like get into character if like none of my family or like friends were in the room like i could act and be like this crazy being mm -hmm. but as soon as someone's in there it's like no they know me like they're gonna yeah. remember this <laughs> i don't know that it's like they're gonna remember i don't know what that is that little piece though that it's like oh people i know like i don't know what that is yeah but i'm very unhinged on snapchat and i'm very much not on instagram i try mm. i try i would prefer to be unhinged all the time i yeah. try to let that out Maybe it's because, like, I think I've built a reputation of being brand safe. Oh, yeah. I'm very brand safe. <laughs> um, I promise. Yeah. Um, whereas on Snapchat, it's, like, it it's so fleeting and, like, no brands are really actively watching people's Snapchats that it feels yeah. like I can kind of let loose and I don't have to be a professional. I think the other, to turn this into a therapy session for me, I think the other thing is because I came up in the industry as more of a professional than a creator. Not that creators aren't professional, but I think that when you're a creator, you get away with more because it's like mm. you're 
a creator. You kind of can just do whatever. And that's part of your brand. Yeah. Whereas like I was very much working for brands, at least for Red Bull, that had a reputation and were very, very strict about keeping that reputation. Granted, Red Bull's reputation is very fun, but like there's absolutely, yeah. you know, like a guideline of what you can and cannot do. Um, and so I think that as I was meeting people, it was like, oh, Sydney works for Red Bull or Sydney works for BuzzFeed and um, or Sydney hosts the Game Awards, which obviously is like a buttoned up production. Um, or even IGN, I felt like I was kind of having to behave a little bit more. Yeah. And now that I'm on my own, I think like it's just been kind of weird to know that people who know me in a professional light follow me on those platforms. Um, and it's hard to, I guess, fully shed, shed that expectation maybe. Yeah. I don't know. It's weird. But all that to say, I like stories because I like that it's fleeting. I yeah. think it's fun that it's fleeting. Mm-hmm. And then sometimes you'll post and like, you know what? Let's pin that. We'll keep that. Yeah. Other people can see that. Yeah. yeah. I, except I will say, I kind of don't like that you can pin it. No? Why? I, just because I like how fleeting it is. Like, mm. I like that it's like a flash in the pan and like something really exciting or really great could happen, but it's like yeah, only... Yeah, should have been there. Yeah. Should have been there, yeah. And it's like, you kind of have to be there or not and you miss it. And I like that conversation of like, oh, did you... I don't know. Not like, You're right. Oh, did I'm you see go, my story? I'm getting rid of all my... Like, I mean, I have story. mine fun what's on your safe story ireland uh yeah that honestly i have a bunch that i should get rid of like i have stuff from like years ago it's like i'm not even looking at it yeah who is well it's so hard to get rid of it though so it just like lives on forever because it's like well the interface is horrible (laughs) that's true um okay so we do like a little segment here where as the name would imply hot takes you can explain it. You don't have to explain it, but I'm just going to say a sentence and you can tell me if you agree or disagree. And like I said, feel free to explain or not. Okay. Okay. Or if, do you have like a hot take ready? Like, do you, is there like a, do you have like a go-to hot take that you give people? Uh, ooh, I think I have a hot take. Okay. Yeah. yeah give it to me. Get, get into it. Yeah. Um, the current like meta for thumbnail art on YouTube. Hate it. It's horrible. I hate that for some reason, like I actually to this day think that Mr. Beast did it as like an elaborate prank that like giving everyone plastic skin and monster eyes. Like I don't understand why we think that's the way to go. And then like plus 1.25 on the size of their head. Yeah. Why? Yeah. And I hate the like the. Yeah. I mean, that's I feel like that's going to be here forever because people want to see someone express. But like when they're doing this and their eyes are gigantic and pure white, it's crazy. It's crazy looking. I hate it. Yeah. That's a good hot take. Broden. Okay, going out on a weekday is more fun than going out on a weekend. I feel like I'm in a weird position where. I like any day could be a weekday or weekend for me. Every day's a weekend when you're Broden. Yeah. Um, What's your last name? Platt? Platt. Platt, Platt yeah. Every day's a weekday or a weekend when you're Broden Platt. That's kind of true. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's my hot take. Okay. Yeah. That, that's, a, that's a hot take. People who got famous on social media aren't real celebrities. Ooh, that's an interesting take. They are, though. Everyone knows them. So, what's your, so your definition of celebrity is that everybody knows them? I feel like if if you're... Yeah, if you're like a household name or something, you're a celebrity. Doesn't matter what you did. Okay, I like that. So, like, is 
this sounds like I'm pushing you one way or the other. I'm not, I, I don't have a, I don't have a take on this, but, um, so like, is like Jeffrey Dahmer, like a celebrity? An infamous one, but yeah, I'd say so. Okay. Yeah. Blackpink is the best current artist to see live. To see live? That's a dangerous one. The blinks are going to come after me. My first viral tweet ever was mm -hmm. I was at Coachella and I got a, a video of Lisa and Willow mm -hmm. like dancing to like Kanye's Sunday service. And like I understood the power of the blink fandom. <laughs> So, by not answering this question, I think you know what my answer is. Got it. Wait, so do you go to Coachella every year? Um, since 2019, yeah. Oh, wow, that's four years. Yeah, well, there are two pandemic years, so. That's two years. That's not I've, that many. I've been to three. You could have just said that you could went to two or three. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll probably cut this around. Did you, <laughs> did you go to this year? I did, yeah. Did I you did. see Porter? Um, I missed him. He played really early and we were stuck in he traffic. Did, he did play really early. Yeah. yeah. Which weekend did, did you see Fred again? I, yes, I was weekend two. No, Broden. Oh so my good. gosh. I was weekend yeah. one and I was in New York for, so I couldn't even come back. We literally discussed and looked at flight options to fly in just for that set and then leave. It was really good. I know. I've been listening to the, to the set nonstop. The set, yeah. Insane. Well, and the worst part is when they played at Madison Square Garden, like, the month before I was also in New York and I left the day before they played. I. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, finally, pop tarts are not good. Disagree. I like pop tarts. What's it's pure sugar, but I like, what's it. your favorite flavor? Cinnamon, cinnamon sugar. Whatever Ooh, that is a good one. Do you like them hot? Do you like them toasted? I prefer them toasted, but I will eat them raw. Oh, okay. Yeah. Perfect. You'd think we should get a pop tart sponsorship. Because that was just in there randomly because I was having a debate with somebody about Pop-Tarts. And I was like, wow, people feel really strongly about Pop-Tarts. But we should, we should try to get some Pop-Tarts money on this. Is it pretty divided? Yeah. Huh. And I feel like usually when I ask people, they're like, like there's strong opinions on Pop-Tarts. Because I feel like it's a nostalgic thing. And so people yeah. who don't like Pop-Tarts feel like their opinion has not been heard. Because why has this transcended so many... Like transcended time and then people who do like pop tarts are usually very passionate about whether or not it should be toasted oh weird yeah you might have been the first one that i got that's like what flavors are they eating are they eating yeah that's the other thing the flavors vary so i've gotten the s'mores called out okay. and then the strawberry one is very divided yeah like people will either be like i love that that's my favorite flavor best flavor ever and other people will be like it's disgusting i hate it the fruit ones i'm iffy on I'll eat the strawberry if I need to. Yeah. And it's like, it's not the worst. It's not the worst. Um, yeah. The, I don't know. Yeah. It's really dry without being toasted. When it's toasted, mm -hmm. it feels less dry for some reason. Oh, interesting. You know, I like the Trader Joe's. This is, I guess, getting older. I like Trader Joe's has like a healthier version of them. And I, I think like, I've had that. I like those. They're pretty good. A little, like half the sugar or something. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, it's only like five cups of sugar instead yeah. of like yeah. the usual 10. But Broden, thanks so much for coming on. Where can people find you? Or your um, projects. You can shout out whatever you want. We didn't even, fuck, we didn't talk about Frame 48. It's fine. Frame 48. Yeah. Um, all my buddies at Frame 48, go check them out. If you need um, great post-production VFX work, they uh, just did some music videos. And um, because of that, there's a life size. Anyway, yeah, go check them out. Um, Temple Love is my music, music project. Um, 
offline TV is, is great. Go, go check out those streamers. And um, you can find me at Broden Plett on pretty much any social media. Any social media? Shit, I had so many things I wanted to ask. <laughs> no! Part two. Part two, man. Okay, thanks so much, Broden. Thank you. Thank you for having me.